Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. Don't you guys wish Ross was your boss? I certainly do. With all due respect to my current bosses, I like them. Uh, I just wish Ross Bjork was mine. Because if Ross Bjork was my boss, I'd be making bank right now. I'd have like a quarter million dollar salary. I'd have a boat and a lake house and all kinds of stuff. That's what I want. I want Ross Bjork to be my boss. Welcome in. To the live stream, I'm Michael Borky. Glad you guys are with me on this Wednesday morning. Just one more day until uh, Ohio State, Minnesota tomorrow night, which has some compelling storylines. Then North Carolina, Virginia Tech coming up on Friday. And then we're off and rolling for the first full Saturday of college football. A bunch of stuff to talk about with you guys today. First, Jimbo Fisher's new contract that was negotiated against nobody. I don't I don't know how this happens. I, I really don't. It's a mystery. We're going to talk about it. Uh, again, I want Ross Bjork to be my boss because this is insane. Also, Cam Newton was cut by the Patriots. A lot of takes are flying about that. I think the explanation is really, really simple. People are looking for like this underlying thing. Bill Belichick talked to the media this morning and just refused to say that it was because he was unvaccinated. And I actually believe him when he says it's not. I think the explanation is much simpler than that. So we'll talk about that. Uh, the Saints are looking for a home right now. They're supposed to play a home game in inside of two weeks. That is clearly not going to happen. So where are they going to go? It's apparently not as simple as playing it in Dallas, even though the Cowboys don't have a game that Sunday. Some of the stuff about where they can play this game doesn't make sense to me. I'll tell you what it is, and you can try to help me make sense of it, because I, I can't myself. Also, on this day, on this day, flashback a long time ago, guys. But I know you remember this because I remember this. And I was, hell, I was 15 years old on September 1st, 2007. You guys remember what happened on September 1st, 2007? The greatest upset in college football history, at least so we thought at the time, Appalachian State ended up. I think winning the national championship in the FCS that year. So it wasn't as bad as people thought initially. But on this day in 2007, Appalachian State rolled into the big house and beat a top 10 ranked Michigan team. And you guys know it by now. You've heard the audio from the App State radio call where they blocked the extra point. And and just you hear it in their voices, you know, just losing their minds inside of the big house. You've heard the audio, you know it. But yeah, that happened on this day in 2007. And Appalachian State's just been a force really ever since. I mean, they went to and won multiple FCS national championships. They made the jump to the uh, the FBS level, and they've been cruising. I mean, they've expanded their stadium. They're winning games. They're, I mean, Eli Drinkwitz came from there. Scott Satterfield came from there. I mean, they're they're cranking out coaches at the, the Power 5 level, and they're still winning. So that was like a springboard for the Mountaineers uh, to become, you know, a, a great, great group of five program. And uh, 
my uh, my hometown Furman Paladins used to have to play them every year. It was a big rivalry, and um, Furman's kind of been left in the dust as far as that goes. So anyway, yeah, on this day, 2007, one of, if not the greatest upset in college football history went down on this day, 2007. So welcome in, guys. Glad you're with me. Again, my name is Michael Borky. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're a first-time watcher or listener or whatever, uh, this is on YouTube. Find me on YouTube, Michael Borky on YouTube, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you like what you hear, actually like the video. Also follow on Twitter and Facebook and wherever you get your podcasts. My name or Mike in the Morning should turn up results and subscribe to the podcast. Never miss a minute of me talking to myself on weekday mornings. And of course, on the radio show in the afternoon where there's other people. But this morning, yes, it's me and you guys. And uh, thankful for that. JP says, three more sleeps. Good Wednesday morning. Yes, sir, it's a great Wednesday morning, especially if you're Jimbo Fisher. It's a great Wednesday morning for Jimbo Fisher. So $9 million will be his new annual salary. It was reported last night that uh, he and Texas A&M have agreed to a contract extension. It will get approved by a board of regents or whatever today. And it has been extended out three additional years. So he's back to 10 years. 10 years on his contract, $9 million a year. That is up from $7.5 million, which is what he was currently making. And yes, we do, William. We have football tonight, UAB in Jacksonville State. Uh, interesting situation there with that game. Uh, so UAB, obviously, uh, FBS program. Jacksonville State, obviously, an FCS program, playing a neutral site game. I'm playing in Montgomery tonight, so it's not in Birmingham in the new stadium. I don't know if it's totally done yet. Maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, I saw images of it last night. It looks like they've got to add some bells and whistles, but by and large, it's ready. It just doesn't look complete. Um, But no, not playing it at Legion Field, not playing it at the new stadium. They're playing in Montgomery. So that's on ESPN tonight if you guys want to watch it. I mean, I, I expect it to be a pretty decent game. Jacksonville State, like... The aforementioned Appalachian State is uh, a really solid, good FCS program. They compete for championships. They're they're good. Uh, so, you know, if, if you want a little FCS, FBS, neutral site football tonight, you get that in uh, in Alabama. So, yeah, Patrick, $9 million. He hasn't done anything yet. And that's really, really what I want to talk about this morning. Um, the, the first question I had is, why the hell now? Forgive my language. Why now? Why? You've got a game in three days. Why is this even something you're entertaining at all? I mean, he was already, he had, what, seven years on his deal, including this one for $7.5 million. Why are you giving him an extension right now? Because I think that Texas A&M is going to be a very, very good football team this year. And they should have. They didn't, though. They should have made the playoff last year. Now, when they played Alabama, they got smoked, and they would have gotten smoked again if they actually met in the playoff. However, um, however, why now? He's 26-10 and 10 so far at Texas A&M. Who were you negotiating uh, against in this? What, what was the pressure right now to give Jimbo Fisher this extension before the season begins? I don't understand the timing of this at all. He's already making seven and a half. He's only gone 26 and 10. What are you doing this for now? 
if they had a really good season and you did this after the season, I'd get it. It seems like an insane amount of money, but Texas A&M has an insane amount of money. You're negotiating against yourself. And stop me if you've heard that before, but more on that in a second. But but this is Texas A&M negotiating against themselves. What happens? Just just play along with me. I, I know I've told you guys a thousand times, I think Texas A&M is going to be really freaking good this year. Really good. Um, possibly a championship contender if Haynes King is decent. Um, I think they're going to be that good. One of the best teams in the SEC. I think their game against Alabama will be the de facto SEC West Championship. But that's all projection. All of it's projection. Let's pretend for a second here. I'll actually, I should have the schedule up. Um, Let's pretend for a second that they don't make the playoff. That they're not a national championship contender. That Haynes King is uh, slow to adjust to the speed of the SEC. And Texas A&M loses games to Alabama. They slip up and lose at Missouri. Maybe they go to Oxford and struggle, and Ole Miss's offense really lights them up that day. Not entirely out of the realm of possibility. Maybe they lose to Auburn at home. Not out of the realm of possibility. Or they go to Baton Rouge and lose to LSU. And in some combination of results in that, they go 9-3. and three. You know, pretty good season. Really good season for, for most programs in the SEC. But you would have, going into this season, extended him out to 10 years, 10 years, at $9 million a year before he went 9-3 and with losses to Alabama and a combination of LSU, Auburn, Ole Miss, Missouri. You know, uh, tell me that's not possible. Tell me you don't think that that there's a chance that they lose multiple games this season. So why do it now? Shouldn't you, as the negotiator of this contract, say, after this season, we'll do it? I I don't understand. Win something first. Because as good as they were at the end of last year, and as much as I think that they should have made the playoff, they didn't. So far, Jimbo Fisher hasn't won a damn thing at Texas A&M. What are you rewarding him for? For an extra million and a half dollars a year and an extra three years extending him out to 10. What are you rewarding? They haven't won anything. And I've seen some people suggest that they were getting out ahead of LSU or Alabama or a program like that at the end of the season. If you're Texas A&M and you're so scared of somebody poaching your coach that you'll extend him to this, it's a, I mean, it's a sign of complete weakness, but you can offer more money than basically anybody in the country. If LSU comes out, if they fire Ed Orgeron and they come after Jimbo Fisher, um, deal with it then. Deal with it then. Because right now you just negotiated against yourself. William says, A&M trying to steal some thunder off of Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC. Uh, if that's the case, Ross Bjork swung and missed twice now in terms of the the expansion. Um, the whole, we want to be, we're the only SEC program in the state of Texas and we want it to remain that way, which is so hysterical. That line, I think we talked about it before, but in case we didn't, I, I was thinking about that line a lot. And imagine the unwarranted hubris that it takes 
to be at Texas A&M and the athletic director at Texas A&M and to say the phrase, we want to be the only SEC team in the state of Texas where the class of the league shares a state with Auburn. Miss me with that. Tennessee has an in-state team in the SEC. Alabama does as well, and so does Ole Miss and Mississippi State. You're not special. Sorry. Uh, I I just I, Every time I see Ross Bjork, I think of when he said that and how special he thinks or they think that they are at Texas A&M to the point where they thought that that was going to be a line that would resonate with anybody aside from their milkman and outfit-wearing fans that they've got there. I don't understand it. Was that supposed to get people to be like, oh, okay, yeah, that that makes sense, sure. And Alabama over here, the class of our league, has to share a state with Auburn. Yeah, give me a break. Uh, th- this feels similar. If that is, in fact, the case, that they are either, A, responding to expansion or, B, afraid of another program poaching him, man, that's a bad look. All of this is a bad look, though. But But this is like Ross Bjork's M.O., this is Ross Bjork's MO to tie it back to Mississippi. You guys remember the contract he gave to Matt Luke? Remember that? They were negotiating against themselves in that deal. And I've heard the phrase so many times, well, you had to give him market value. No, you didn't. Matt Luke would have accepted the Ole Miss head coaching job for $65,000 a year and some free burgers at the Beacon. Like, that's all that w- that's all it would have taken. He he was Old Miss. That's all. He, he just he wanted that job. You could have, instead of three point two million dollars, you could have given him three hundred and twenty thousand dollars, and he still would have taken the job. Like, what were you negotiating against in that? Nobody. And yet you still gave him a contract that not only was a three million dollar a year contract, but every year got the automatic rollover, and then it grew. The dollar amount grew in the contract, and the worst part is there was no mitigation language in the deal. No mitigation language in the deal, meaning Ole Miss has to pay all of Matt Luke's buyout. They're still paying it, regardless of his other job status. So the, whatever he's making at Georgia, what is it, like eight dollars $900,000? That doesn't get mitigated from the buyout that Ole Miss has to pay him. So you were negotiating against nobody because nobody else was trying to hire Matt Luke. It was just you. You gave him a massive salary that was unwarranted that you didn't need to because he would have taken the job regardless of what you offered. And then in the buyout language, you had no mitigation clause at all. So you have to pay him every dime that was in that insanely massive contract. You were negotiating Again, he was negotiating against himself, and he still lost. And here again, it's September 1st. That's when the contract is going to get approved by the Board of Regents at Texas A&M on September 1st. Who were you negotiating against? Tell Jimmy, we'll deal with this at the end of the year. You're making seven and a half right now. We'll see you in December. Man. Talk about falling up. It's just mind-blowing. Just mind-blowing. JP says, Jacksonville State is good. UAB is the class of the CUSA currently. It's a regional game. Yeah, uh, people will watch. Uh, I I probably will at least check it out tonight. Uh, Full disclosure, I am far more interested in tomorrow than I am tonight, but that's all right. William says, no need to tell Ole Miss fans how good Jacksonville State is. 
Yeah, that was a that was a long time ago. Uh and that was my first the the first Ole Miss football game I ever attended. What was that one? How about that? How about that? Um Patrick says, what's worse, AM going nine and three or the Saints giving up all their draft picks for Ricky Williams? Oh <laughs> uh, man. Luckily again, I, I'm a new money Saints fan, so I I wasn't a I went around when that happened, but my gosh, that is still one of the dumbest things that you could do in sports. But I, I mean, it's not totally out of the realm of possibility that they're just above average. I mean, what happens if Haynes King isn't great? Are you beating Alabama with average quarterback play? Are, are you running the table in the SEC with average quarterback play? What happens if he's average? What happens if he doesn't adjust to the SEC right away. You're losing some games. And at the end of the season, you're going to look up, and Texas a and is going to be 9-3, and three, and they're going to play in the Outback Bowl against Iowa or whoever, and you're going to sit there and realize that those people, right before this season, extended their coach a million and a half extra dollars to $9 million and a 10-year contract. I know they've got money. I know they do. I don't know what it's like to have extra money. Uh, we're pretty frugal around here out of necessity. C- Got to kind of have to be. So I don't know what it's like to have so much money that I don't know what to do with, that, that I'm willing to just hand over, and I've got so much that like I don't have enough things in the house to fix with all the money that I've got. Uh, it's more of like there's a dozen things in the house that I have to fix and can only really afford one of them. Uh, that's that's the, the situation I'm in. And Texas A&M is the opposite. They've got they've got Jeff Bezos money. You know, Jeff Bezos doesn't know what to spend his money on. He's just got so much. He's flying in rockets with an 80-year-old and a 16-year-old. I mean, that's what Jeff Bezos does with his money because he's got nothing else to do with it. That's Texas A&M in college sports. You know, maybe it's nothing to them, a $90 million contract for a coach that hasn't won you anything yet. Maybe they just don't care because they've got so much money it just doesn't matter. But man, this is stupid. It's stupid, and it it looks like you're weak when you do stuff like this. When you say, we want to be, like, when they pitch the fit at media days about Texas joining the SEC, you look weak. You look really weak. When you desperately give Jimbo this massive contract before the season, like two days before the season, you look weak. And you shouldn't be. You have great facilities. You're in the state of Texas. You have all the money in the world. You should be powerful. Instead, Texas owns you. And they shouldn't because they haven't been worth anything since 2009. But they own you. You melted down because they're just going to be playing you once a year again. A place with that much money how they can be perceived, how can, how they can give off the perception of weakness the way they do. It's crazy. Um, it's just crazy. Milkman-looking fans, yeah. <laughs> uh, the L-leaders, they are, they are something. So, yeah, that's out there. There's your college football news of the day. Jimbo Fisher, $9 million a year, and he's gone 26-10 and 10 so far at Texas A&M. Hasn't won anything yet. Hasn't won anything yet. It's just crazy, but 
you know, that's their prerogative, right? If you've got all the money in the world and you've got an athletic director that just loves negotiating against himself, then, um, wow, Nick Saban, only 300000 above him. I like Nick Savannah, actually. We we should keep that typo in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, you tell me who's actually worth that money. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's more than Dabo, right? What's Dabo's salary? He just got a fat extension, too. Um, yeah, that's more than Dabo. That's $700,000 more than Dabo Sweeney, who wins championships. Uh, what are you doing? What are you doing, Ross? Well, we've seen it before. You know, hopefully there's no mitigation language in this contract either. Um but at least Jimbo Fisher, like, actually has been a head coach before, you know. Um, at least you have a sample that shows that he can actually run a program. But anyway, you know, some people. Uh, other big story yesterday, Cam Newton was cut by the Patriots, which uh, now, to tie it back to college football in Mississippi, so three Alabama quarterbacks will be day one starters in the NFL. Jalen Hurts in Philly, Mac Jones, obviously, uh, now in New England in Tua, in Miami, and uh, I, I made the joke on Twitter, but I was being serious. Also, I said, thanks, Lane, like sarcastic, because the adaptation of Alabama's style of play is mostly due uh, to Lane Kiffin. He was the one that got Nick Saban to modernize, if you will, his offense, and now he's putting quarterbacks in the NFL. But everybody on this Cam Newton thing, the, the takes are flying, Uh People are kind of twisting their minds into a pretzel to try to figure out why would Bill Belichick do this and was this because of his vaccination status? And, you know, we have the Today Show on in the morning. My wife, my wife likes the Today Show. And uh, once 7 o'clock hits, they run through, like, the headlines of the day, and they brought up Cam Newton. And the first thing was vaccination status, the reason why? And that's what everybody's going to twist their minds into. Bill Belichick talked about it this morning some and was asked about it, and he said no, his vaccination status had nothing to do with it. And there are people that don't believe him, or people that are trying to convince themselves that that is the case. You've got columnists and blue check marks on Twitter and stuff that are doing that. Um, no, this is really simple. It's really simple. Mac Jones is better. They drafted Mac Jones to be their quarterback of the future. They both went through training camp, and at least in the preseason games, there was no really no real difference and Mac Jones has slightly better numbers and performed better in camp. Maybe it's just that simple that Mac Jones is better and they drafted him to be their quarterback of the future and that Cam Newton while talented and I think somebody like Dallas should pick him up to be a backup. Maybe Cam Newton's just not a starter in the NFL anymore. Maybe Mac Jones is good. Maybe it has nothing at all to do with vaccination status. Now, him having to miss multiple days of training camp because he didn't follow protocols correctly, that's probably something that is an issue inside of that office, right? If he's going to be missing practice because he can't follow the rules, and on top of that, he's not as good as the other guy. We don't need him anymore. Maybe it's that simple. 99% of the reason why, I think it was as Barstool's Big Cat pointed out on Twitter, is maybe because Cam's not good anymore. It, it could really be that simple. Because if you watched them play in the preseason, 
there was very little, if any, difference in production. One of them is much younger. One of them is their first-round pick investment of the future. And apparently, Mac has been outperforming him at training camp and also has been able to practice every day. Sometimes you don't have to twist your mind into a pretzel to wonder why something happened. I believe Bill Belichick when he says Cam Newton's vaccination status had nothing to do with it. I believe him because Cam Newton's vaccination status wouldn't matter if he was better. That's it. It's that simple. It's the NFL at the end of the day. And Bill Belichick even gave a quote about how, you know, vaccines aren't 100%. Now, they're good. They're effective. I've gotten it. It's worked for me, and I, I feel great, you know. Didn't bother me at all. But Belichick's tone was, no, that, that's not why. And I believe him. Maybe it's as simple as, that guy's better. It's a wins and losses business. And if the unvaccinated guy gave you a better chance at winning, guess who was going to start? The unvaccinated guy. Because it's a wins and losses business. That is all that matters. Sometimes the explanation isn't that difficult. And last thing, other NFL news for you. Uh, The Saints are looking for a home right now. So you guys know the hurricane came through and left some devastation in its wake and the city is currently without power however i did see yesterday uh, and also on the news this morning that they think that they will get transmission of power as early as today Uh, by the end of the day today they will be able to transmit power now that doesn't mean the entire city is going to get it it sounds like it's going to start with like essential places like hospitals but if they're able to transmit power that means they're able to get power And that's a good sign moving forward for the city, of course, and everybody in the area, but also on a much lesser degree of importance, football. If they have power, then they're going to play. I I saw, I think it was Sean Payton said yesterday that, um, you know, they're not going to return to the facility until everybody's got it. So, you know, it's going to be a little while, but apparently... Entergy thinks that they can have transmission by the end of today, which is a, a a great sign. But in the meantime, they've got to be somewhere. They've got to practice somewhere. They've got to play somewhere. And uh, they're currently practicing in Dallas. And Gail Benson, the owner, is actually uh, paying for everything as far as like lodging and stuff for all of the family. So it's not just the players that are out and the families are on their own. Like all the families are there, wives, girlfriends, kids, stuff like that. Uh, and I think it was Demario Davis yesterday said that the, the kids all feel like they're on vacation because they're somewhere else, of course, and all of their friends are around. Uh, Sean Payton said in the uh, in the ballroom in the hotel where they're having all their, their meals and stuff, uh, he said when he went down there, it was chaos because all the kids were playing touch football with each other in the ballroom. So uh, that was cool to see. I mean, this should be a, a really stressful time for those kids, but they're having a blast, which which is great. But um They've got to find somewhere to play in less than two weeks. And the the simplest solution, at least everybody thought, would have been Dallas and Jerry World because there's no Cowboys game that day. But people keep saying, and this is what I don't understand, and help me make sense of this. People keep saying that there's a concert that is disrupting their ability to play on the 12th. The concert is days later. Days later. It's like the 15th. 
And they're saying that that concert and setting up for that concert will prevent them from playing a game on the 12th in that stadium. I'm not going to try to pretend like I've set up concerts and stuff before, but I feel like you can get that done in a few days. Especially when it's the NFL and not some uh, some band you've never heard of. I'll actually pull them up. Uh, September 15th. It's it's some like um, Lewis Burks or, or Los Buckus, Los Buckus, I think L O S B U K I S. Um, it's one of Latin music's most iconic bands. They've announced their first tour in 25 years. Wow, jeez, I've never heard of them. I don't know. So I, you know. I'm sure they'll sell out Jerry World and stuff if they're an extremely popular Latin music band. Probably have a great crowd. But you're telling me that you can't set up for their concert in two and a half days or three days? It's crazy. When when people say that, I'm mind blown. It's like you can't go from football game to concert in three days and you're prioritizing concert over football game? Okay, that doesn't make sense to me, but sure. So they're looking for a place to host the Packers game. But here's the next layer. Multiple people that cover the NFL have said it has to be in an NFL stadium because of their connection to the replay center in New York. Now, hold on. You're telling me that in 2021, in the era of fiber cable and all that stuff, you can't rig up a college stadium that is ready for broadcast. Every major college stadium in America is plug-in ready, basically, for a broadcast. I know they are in Oxford and Starkville. The trucks pull up and just kind of plug themselves in and boom, they can put on a game. You're telling me that college, a good college stadium couldn't get the connection, whatever's needed to the replay center in New York for the possibility of a replay in the game. And that's why you have to find an NFL stadium. So that's why the saints might have to play in Denver or something because you can't play at TCU stadium that hosts broadcasts every year i don't get it it doesn't make sense to me and and, you know somebody smarter may be able to explain that i don't understand that you have to play in an nfl stadium because the connection to the replay booth well establish a connection you've got 12 days tcu wants to host you so do it i don't understand that that's that blows my mind that they might have to play that game in denver or somewhere like that can't play it in Nashville because the Titans are home that day. You can't play it in Dallas because apparently there's a concert three days later. Atlanta's got a home game. You can't play it there. But it has to be in an NFL stadium? <laughs> I, 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 that does not make sense to me. In the technology age, with what we've got now, that is mind-blowing to me. Absolutely mind-blowing to me. So we'll see. I mean, nobody knows. Uh, the team anticipates being uh, away from the city for about a month which will only sacrifice one home game, uh, which is good. Uh, a lot of things have to happen between now and then, of course, in the city uh, for that to uh, that to work out. But sounds like the power people are working their tails off and they might have some good news there. But I don't understand that. 
have to be in an NFL stadium because of replay connection? Give me a break. Can't play in Dallas because of a concert three days later? Give me a break. Give me a break. That doesn't make any sense. So, I don't know. I don't know. That's incredibly stupid to me. Um, the logistics probably can't work out, but if I'm if I'm Keith Carter, if I'm John Cohen, I'm on the phone. Hey, guys, you come on up. We got an indoor practice facility. You know, we'll, we'll get you up in hotels or something. We'll find a way. You you guys come on. We'll uh, we'll house you here, and you can play your games in our stadium. I would try if I were them. I know it's probably tough logistically, probably really expensive and a big operation, but if you're telling me that the city of Oxford and the city of Starkville wouldn't benefit for having a home game, it probably wouldn't happen because the towns are not big enough and TCU and SMU, the places that they're going to be practicing are you know, in Dallas or the area, so there's more opportunities for them to, to be there. But I would at least inquire. I mean, why the hell not, right? Just, hey, Saints, what do you need? We'll see if we can put it together for you. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. Especially with how the towns just kind of need more events and an influx of people after what they dealt with last year. I would try. Probably unsuccessfully, but I would try. So, anyway. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, congratulations to Jimbo Fisher for having a boss that will negotiate against himself. It's the damnedest thing. And uh, Cam Newton, the explanation, much simpler than people are trying to make it. Maybe Mac Jones is just better. Maybe that's all it is. That's likely to be really all it is. But we got to twist our minds into pretzels. So, uh Radio shows on the road this afternoon will be at uh, at Dancing Rabbit, by the way. I don't get to play. Um, I would like to. It's a great golf course, but um, we'll be out there today and then tomorrow. We'll have one football game to talk about, and then uh, Ohio State, Minnesota to get ready for, and then we're, we're getting closer, guys. Williams says San Antonio Saints. Apparently, they can't play in San Antonio because there's no connection or whatever to – I don't understand. Maybe they can work around it. I don't know. And Randall says, if Mac has a bad game, you can't have a quarterback controversy if Cam is not part of the team. See? And that's, well, why would you cut Cam then? Because they want this to be Mac Jones's team. Clearly. And so if he does struggle because a rookie's going to struggle, they don't want people to be calling for Cam to play because that will really upset the dynamic of the team and, and make it uncomfortable. If you want to develop a rookie into your starter, he's got to play if you're going to play him. You can't be doing this back and forth. Cam should start. Max should start charade. And now you've given him a chance to find a, a new home where he could potentially play more. I think Dallas, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm calling Cam Newton today. Um, if I'm the Houston Texans, I want to bring in Cam Newton today. In fact, that's – if I were Houston, I, I would bring Cam in to start. But, you know, who knows? Anyway, it's a good point, Randall. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We start our Saturday late night stream this weekend. Uh, after all the games are over, we'll, I'll sit down here with you on Saturday night, and we'll just talk ball for however long you guys want to. So thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you guys tomorrow morning, and uh, have a great day.
Super Talk Mississippi media production.